This episode of the Skift podcast features a discussion from a recent online Skift event. To join us and learn more about future Skift events, visit live.skift.com. Please welcome the Managing Director and CEO for Travago, Axel Hefer, in discussion with Skift Senior Travel Tech Editor, Sean O'Neill. Um, so most of you, when you hear the name Trivago, you probably think about the Trivago guy, uh, which was one of the most successful, if not the most successful, TV marketing campaigns in travel for the past decade. But a lot has changed at Trivago uh, in the past couple of years. Uh, right before the pandemic, they got a new CEO, Axel. Um, and uh, Axel has been diversifying the product and the marketing uh, strategy for the company. Um, and also, Axel is not a big fan of uh, fully remote work all the time when it is safe to be in the office. So uh, he has been probably one of the most assertive of all the travel industry executives. It's sort of A-B testing. What are the ways that we can get workers back uh, into the office? And, that, and the future of work, as, as Rafat was saying at the beginning of the conference, really impacts uh, the future of business travel. So we'll be talking about uh, Travago strategy and uh, the, the future of work. Thank you, Axel, for joining us here. I'm grateful. No, thanks for having me. <laughs> it's so good to be at a real conference with uh, real people in 3D. Um, yeah, feels good. <laughs> <laughs> this feels very good, our first in-person event. Um, let's start with, uh, so by the way, we do have the app, and we encourage you to ask questions to participate. Uh, your questions will probably be better than mine, so just feel free to uh, add your questions, and we'll, we'll get to them. Um, I would say future of work. Last, uh, last night, uh, Brian Chesky was talking with our CEO. He has this big vision that the pandemic has fundamentally changed things for um, uh, especially tech workers that in their 20s and 30s, they're not going to go to f be back in the office full time. What is Trivago's approach towards trying to bring the workers back? Yeah, I think it's a bit more, it's a bit more complicated than what you now got used to. I mean, of course, I mean, a lot of us have worked one and a half years from home and it was quite a change in the beginning, but once you got used to it, obviously, uh, you, I mean, you're comfortable with it. So um, the, the, I think the counter-argument to that is, and we've seen it, our average employee is 31, I think, by now, so it's exactly that, that age bracket, and we have predominantly um, engineers and, and mathematicians. The issue is that you lose, um, you lose a, a couple of things. The, the first thing that we realized already uh, last year was in a very, very stressful second quarter that it was almost impossible to feel whether somebody was really feeling bad um, and whether was, somebody was overworking. And we realized far too late, actually first time in my life, that I, I didn't pick it up earlier. So we had a lot of our top, top guys very, very stressed. Um, so we actually tried to fix it with a mandatory vacation. So we shut everything down and said, okay, now everybody has to take a break because we, we don't really get a good sense. We are not in the same room, so let's make sure that before autumn, everybody is getting to a more healthy level. So that's definitely one. Um, the second one that from, from our experience doesn't really work that well is any kind of coaching, learning on the job. Um, of course you can schedule training, that's not a problem, but the small things that where you're like, okay, can you help me with this? Yeah, so what about this? Like the, the small things in between um, are not worth a separate call and, and they are just bringing down the learning experience tremendously. Um, and the, the third one, I, I guess, is the obvious one that, that most people are talking about is 
strategy and creative processes just don't work as well. And my explanation is that you still have a bit of a time lag and you don't feel any energy. Yeah? So you don't have this rapid interaction where you interrupt each other, etc. You shout at each other and <laughs> you put stickers up, etc. And it just doesn't work as well. And even the, the beginning of the crisis, when, when, when the business was falling apart, actually, we in the leadership team met in a completely empty office to try to figure out what was going on because it, it just didn't work on the screen. So there are a lot of things that you can do better in person. And so now the, 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 the question, obviously, is if that is all true and if you believe in that and if that's important to you, then all remote doesn't work. And it, it doesn't work in particular for that group of people if you really think about the long-term development. If you're right, straight out of university, you need all of these things that I, I was talking about a lot more than somebody who has worked on the job for 30, 40 years, um, has actually a family and whatever, social integration, etc. whereas most of our colleagues are coming from all over the world and they are living on their own and the company is actually the center of their social interaction. Right. That makes, that makes a lot of things. What if in, in 30 seconds, what would be the one learning lesson you've had about what helps draw people back in for hybrid? Food. Food. Okay. Super easy. I mean, it, it is absolutely for that age group, it is food because you are very comfortable at home, but the one thing that is more comfortable in the office is food. You don't need to cook yourself. So um, we, we had the first start where we just provided certain food and the Japanese food truck showed the highest, um, the <laughs> highest attendance. So we used that data point and now actually rolled out more um, and quite attractive food options. And yeah, so that's my recommendation. Food and coordinated team returns. So if you're going to the office, you want to feel the office. Yeah? So mm -hmm. if you're on your own and your team members are remote, that doesn't make any sense. So you need a bit of a push as well if you go to the office, please all go on the same day because mm -hmm. that is where you get the benefit. Yeah? So otherwise, it's the worst of all worlds. You have the commute and you don't see anybody in person. That's horrible, yeah? Right. <laughs> so you want to have that energy in order to exactly. pay off. So Trivago's strategy, what is the most interesting thing about Trivago right now, given that your share price is not that interesting? <sighs> what is... <laughs> I mean, it, it depends yeah? if you're a buyer or a seller. Yeah? So it's also all, all a matter of perspective. That's true. Two sides in every market. So... Um, I think overall travel is, is absolutely fascinating right now. I mean, so many things have actually happened the last one and a half years, and the discussions that, that we are having here all day, what will actually stay and what will not, and, and how will the competitive dynamic actually change in the future, is fascinating and offers huge opportunity if you navigate that well. And, um, I mean, you mentioned it before, we've started to diversify our consumer-facing products. Um, and we, um, we, as well, have started to offer um, products that are more targeted at companies and try to benefit from the, from the uh, increasing trend, obviously. So, to so, so let's build on that. You have a new pr product, and so people in this audience, the proverbial trip advisor, might want to get some of your software or service for bidding and connectivity technology. So what is the pitch that you're offering? What are you offering? So ba basically what we started to offer is, um, is, is our MetaSearch product. Yeah? So and the, the challenge that you're having with, um, I guess, with any product, but in particular with a MetaSearch product, is you need critical scale to have fresh prices. Yeah? So if your, if your price cache is not fresh, then the page is too slow because you need to send live requests to many, many, many different partners, um, and the conversion is just dropping. So the smaller the country is, the more it makes sense to actually join forces, um, and the smaller your market share in any given market is, the more it makes sense to actually piggyback on somebody else's scale 
um, and, and realize economies of scale without really going for full mergers and integration, which obviously doesn't make sense in a lot of cases. Okay, so Trivago as a service, uh, so the back-end economies of scale are exactly. much better. Yeah. Um, on marketing, a lot of people look to Trivago to know what you're doing next. We heard it uh, last night, Brian Chesky said he had an $800 million run rate on ads, mostly on Google ads, uh, and he doesn't want to get back to that level. So where, what are you doing creatively is, with marketing now, on either social or uh, video? So um, we've done uh, one thing. I mean, we, we, we signed at the beginning of the year, but we announced it mid of the year. Um, We've gone for, um, I think, quite innovative sponsorship uh, deal with, uh, with Chelsea. Um, Chelsea, it, the football club. The football club, yeah, exactly. Club. Yeah. So, um, and Premier League, obviously, is, is the one platform that has really global reach. Um, quite interesting. But then, in the last couple of years, they, they started to separate the main jersey that is visible on TV um, from the, the training kit. And so we went for the training kit because the, the training kit basically is worn every day. Yeah? And so it's used uh, for all the footage uh, that is collected during the week. So you basically target um, an online audience um, with a very, very high frequency and a very high emotional engagement, which um, we think is, is, is very interesting um, and is exactly the audience we want, whereas in previous tests that we've been running with smaller sponsorships, we couldn't see any additional benefit from the TV reach because I mean, we are quite well known already. But we did see um, an improvement in conversion and, um, and engagement amongst the core follower group. That, that makes sense. Emotions are uh, uh, raised. Do you, do you get your kids the free jerseys? Do the, is that one of the perks? Uh... So the kids do have a jersey, but they are uh, supporters of a German club called oh. Schalke. Yeah, so oh, okay, same, okay, okay. same colors, but uh, fortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm wondering about Google. We heard from uh, Google's Richard Holden uh, at this conference. Google says they act fair in the market. Trivago last year joined with a couple dozen other companies saying they don't think Google acts, acts fair when it comes to travel. What, what, would, what, would they, what could they do that would make Trivago happy that would be reasonable? Yeah, it's all a matter of perspective, I guess. Yeah? <laughs> so um, I'm from our perspective, uh, what we don't think is fair um, is that we think their own MetaSearch price comparison product is shown more prominently than our ads when we are advertising on them. And if you're just looking at the search, I mean, we are bidding for the different AdWords units that are small text ads, whereas their own price comparison is a huge um, uh, content-rich unit that has a lot more, um, a lot more height in, in, in the results and, uh, and, and is a lot more visually appealing. Um, and when you think about this self-preferencing um, self concept, from our perspective, that is clear self-preferencing. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Uh, a company in Germany, Home2Go, is going to be going public uh, later this year, and their specialty is vacation rental price uh, comparison search, so meta search for vacation rentals. And you've been having rentals as part of the mix along with hotels for some time. What, there's another company, uh, vacationfinder.com, is also trying to get into this space. What, what, what do you make in terms of a competitor set and how you're trying to do rentals with Trivago? So our, our concept has not really changed. Uh, we think that eventually it is a substitute to hotels uh, because they are, they are hotels that are very, very similar to, uh, to apartments that have a kitchen, that have uh, you know, other facilities. Um, there are hotels that look very different to apartments. You've got apartments where you sleep on somebody else's couch. You've got apartments that are basically ready for a business trip. So we think it's more a continuum. Um, and uh, that's why we are showing the results in an integrated product. And, and we do think that 
the pure plays will eventually move to a similar uh, model as well. Okay. We have some audience questions. Um, Axel, we, we mentioned the one B2B service that you offer uh, for bidding and connective technology. Is the, are, are you planning to have other products as well? You've mentioned this in your earnings seasons. Um. Yes, I mean, we've got the first product, and obviously there will be more, but uh, I will not talk about them today. Okay, <laughs> so, all right. More to come. Okay. Uh, Expedia is divesting a bunch of uh, businesses. Uh, P Peter Kern, as an executive editor, Dennis Shaw, was saying, like he's simplifying the business. Uh, what advantage would happen if they divested Trivago, the, the, their ownership stake? Um, that's an interesting question. So... Um, I mean, the, what, is, what is the benefit of, of having a majority shareholder? I have to say, in the last one and a half years, there was a big benefit because you don't need to worry about your share price the way you have to worry about, uh, about it if you have a completely fragmented ownership. So that, I guess, would be a disadvantage. Um, it's also an advantage to have, uh, have board members that really know your business and know your industry clearly. Um, in terms of advantages, um, we have always had a struggle with uh, all our other partners that they're is the implicit um, suspicion that we are not 100% uh, um, um, fair to everybody, which, which is not true, yeah, but, but it's obvious if you have a large shareholder that that is, in, in some of the discussions, a problem. So I would say that's probably the short answer of the, the biggest um, disadvantages. Okay. We have an audience poll uh, we can put on the screen. We asked people, will travel meta-search companies like Trivago, Google Travel, Kaigamon, to home to go etc., play a larger role, smaller role? Uh, the audience is sort of divided into sections. So more is, uh, MetaSearch will have more of a role as sort of like a leader, but it is some in division. What, what is your case? Has, has, is, are we at a, uh, the place where we are now? Is it going to go up structurally over the next couple of years? So I think all three answers are correct. Okay. Less is correct for, um, for the recovery looking backwards. More is correct for the next one and a half years, and about the same is correct for the time after. And the reason why I'm saying that is that MetaSearch is in particular useful for um, you know, price-conscious travelers when price is on top of your mind and is in particular useful for large city travels because that's where you, where you can compare a lot of different options. So city trips are still under indexing but will return from our perspective next year big time. And in the last two summer peaks, you've clearly seen that most people were concerned about finding something that fits rather than optimizing for the right price. So price wasn't as much on top of everybody's mind as it was before. Will price continue to be one of the key decision factors in the future? Absolutely. That's why I think overall it will be the same. It, it's interesting because there isn't really rate parity in the vacation rental space. Yet a lot of people don't realize that when they're shopping on one channel that the price might, the actual total price after fees. So that dovetails with what I think. Axel, thank you so much for being with us. We really appreciate this conversation. Thank you. Thank you.